There are five and a half million jobs open in America, and it's time to get to work. At ExpressPros.com, you can apply for a new job today. Apply now at ExpressPros.com for skilled labor jobs like drivers, forklift operators, welders, and programmers, as well as administrative jobs, customer service, and accounting positions. Express also hires for positions in the medical industry, such as billing, coding, data entry, and record keeping. Each Express office is locally owned and operated and is invested in the success of their community. And 75% of the people who have a job are open to a new job or actively looking for a new job. With more than 770 Express locations, you'll find the nearest one at ExpressPros.com. There are no fees for job seekers, and with one application, you apply for a variety of top jobs in your community. Express takes pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Go to ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Patty Greer back with us. Patty, one of the hardest working UFO filmmakers in the world. She completed eight full feature UFO movies in the past 10 years, has received eight prestigious awards. Her movies offer explosive video and evidence about the crop circle phenomenon. Very bold, intuitive, and telepathic person, which is how she co-produced and filmed eight movies with other dimensional beings without any training, research, or teamwork. Patty spent nine years of the summer between nine weeks of the summer between 2007 and eight, laying in the United Kingdom crop circles, and has visited more than a hundred UK crop circles personally over the years as well. My pleasure to bring back to coast to coast Patty Greer and her new film Crop Circle Diaries. Patty, welcome back. Thank you so much. You are indeed the hardest working filmmaker out there. I don't know what I was thinking, but <laughs> once I got on a roll, I couldn't stop. Now, on your birthday, when I saw you contact in the desert last year, I last year, that's right. Now you yes. had a stack of presents, but did you watch Prop Circle Diaries? Yes, I did, and I have to tell you, you put in some of the most incredible videos, and I'm talking from a year now. But one, I wanted to ask, and I'm glad you're here with me now. I know you were on with our buddy Richard Serrett uh, a year ago. Did you, how did you get permission to video most of the things you videoed in that documentary? Well, um, you know, I think I've been in the front line for 10 years, so it's pretty easy to work my way around. Plus, I'm Patty Greer. I don't take no for an answer. Um, but I think that pretty much the times when I was in England, I was on such fast forward and also really working in a telepathic state that it wasn't really a matter of anybody stopping any of the flow. It was really autopilot, and things just happened like so organically. That's how the movies happened. And I think that the thing about telepathy that works with me is that a lot of people do receive information, but the difference in a lot of people that receive a lot of telepathic work, but they're so busy and they're texting, is they don't take the time to listen and follow through. For me, I've been living in the woods for years, having a very quiet life, so telepathy is pretty much my daily exercise, is listening and then filming. So for all those years, it was very telepathic work. I would wake up exhausted in the morning because my dreams were filled with data, and I'd have lines of papers 
<laughs> next to the bed, and I remembered whining at three, oh, please let me sleep, and then I'd wake up with just piles of data. So <laughs> I was busy, and the movies definitely, um, they did not have any research, so it's all really firsthand uh, what I believe the circle makers want the world to know now, rather than old research, rehash, that is not full of, shall we say, truth. Have you come to your own theories, conclusions on what you think this phenomenon is? You know, it took eight movies to get here, George, but the most incredible thing happened to me in 2014, which is the story that begins Crop Circle Diaries. Um, I met Penny Kelly, and it was in the very strangest way, but the purpose of meeting Penny Kelly, who the world has really not heard about until this movie, she was actually the secret partner of William Levengood for the last 16 years of his life. The scientist. The scientist. The scientist. Yeah, William Levengood, we called him Lefty, or she called him Lefty, and his close friends did. But for since the 1950s, the man was a great scientist working on soil and plants and agriculture. And it wasn't until the 80s when people started bringing him samples of crop circles, and when he looked at his first sample, he was cold. He was just blown away, and his entire decades of research became fully focused on the crop circle phenomenon, UFOs, and then when he met Penny Kelly, the two of them just exploded in the lab, and um, they absolutely, in my opinion, proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that crop circles are a real phenomenon, and yes, there are people going out with boards and ropes to, you know, do that sure. TV shows, but... The real ones, and there's mostly real ones, in Lefty's opinion. And also, i got to say, out of the hundred I've been in, there were only two where the hair did not stand up on my arms and I didn't get chilled. Wow. Well, and you I'm know, Patty, even... of the hundred you were in, even if 99 of them were made by human beings, how do you explain that one? And even though the percentages, as you say, are way higher than that, yeah. if there's just one that you can't explain... To me, that just uh, opens up this entire phenomenon. Wonderful, because it's easy to find one. And most people would agree, even the most picky, difficult people over there would say, well, yeah, that one, but not the others. It's like, good. That's all George needs. That'll work for the world. You, you got know, it. Because it's true. Um, but the interesting thing was they did so much research that um, what they were working with was the bent nodes, the blown nodes, which are the biophysical evidence that shows you this is not a boards and ropes crop circle. Now, when you go into a formation, or when I do, I'm you know, hauling my camera gear and looking for where I'm going to set up, but the guys that I go in um, with are always straight down on their knees, digging through the wheat to see if those uh, nodes where it's bent at a 90 or 45 degree angle are actually broken across a line three feet um, Every three feet where the board and ropes go down again, the board will break a line of wheat for a solid um, line where you can just recognize it easily. And then three feet later, there's another line of broken wheat. So that's obviously human-made, which literally, by the time we get to the end of the show, doesn't mean it's not a real crop circle. Why does it seem, Patty, that most of these crop formations are in the United Kingdom? Yes, they happen all over the planet. But right. it's the United Kingdom, they seem to be more prevalent. How come? Well, it is the epicenter. And when we look at the uh, stats on 
what percentage of crop circles are this or that or the other thing. There's two facets that have been always in the high 90 percentiles. Number one, they're almost always sitting over an aquifer of water, which is an underground pool. So water has definitely a lot to do with crop circles in the chemistry of the formation. The other constant is that they're always sitting over a ley line, which is a direct line between two sacred sites. And this area of southern England, which is called Wiltshire, or Somerset, um, includes, we've got Stonehenge, everybody knows, but very few people know an even older and larger stone circle called the Avebury Stone Circle. And the Avebury Stone Circle is the absolute epicenter of crop circle deliveries, and it does range out 20, 30 miles in all directions from this central stone circle in Wiltshire. But the reason there is because the two major ley lines of Europe are the Michael and Mary lines, and they literally cross at the edge of the Avery Stone Circle, plus in the center of the Avery Stone Circle, three underground streams meet. So this is a huge PowerPoint, and it's surrounded by Silbury Hill, this ancient monument. And most of these monuments are six, 7,000 years old documented. But, you know, they're still fighting about Stonehenge, how old. So, you know, I wasn't there. I can't say for sure this is the date. But it appears that we're looking at about six, 7,000 years old, this area of ritual, of sacred ritual, and all these churches. And, oh, it's so beautiful over there. But this is why the crop circles are being drawn to this area more than anywhere else. It is laced with sacred sites and, uh, sacred sites and druid people that are still prolonging the sacred energy on the land. In your opinion... What, and if these crop form, we'll get into who you think is making them or what is making them, but in your opinion, are they messages? Are they just artistic designs? What do you think they are? Well, I definitely think they're messages because ultimately we are going to find out that crop circles are coming out of the earth. They're not coming out of the sky. And this is the punchline of Lefty and Penny's research um, after... We'll talk about how they figured it out. But what they realized is that crop circles are coming out of the earth in counter-rotating vortices. Explain that. Well, it, it's a pretty big process. But um, what we have are two spinning counter-rotating vortices of plasma coming out of the earth. And I do believe that the messages have been predetermined. Before they and when, and when you say coming out, you're talking ground up as opposed yeah. to up down into the ground. Correct. Okay. They're coming out of the earth and usually in pairs. And the two uh, different video clips that you saw in Crop Circle Diaries was the famous one in Oliver's Castle, which I do believe. I mean, that was pretty impressive proving that baby was real, didn't you think? Well, and it was also very complicated, too. But you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion... Um, and again, here's the telepathic piece. I'm working with what we thought was the original footage that everybody has seen of Oliver's Castle, where two balls of light are going over a standing wheat field, and boom, within seconds, the field goes down into a center circle and satellite circles coming out with these straight lines. And it happened in seconds. So we've had famous people say it's fake, go back to sleep, but then comes the girl that didn't listen to their research and... In my first movie, 
I was working with the Oliver's Castle footage. And I'll get to the message piece in a minute, but this is part of sure. explaining, yes, their messages. Um, when I was looking at the Oliver's Castle footage, I didn't know anything, but it was amazing to see and gorgeous to watch it drop the field so quickly. But when I finished the first film, and I knew nothing, all I knew was I hired a crew because I was having too much fun, and I wanted to bring the footage home and share it with my family and friends. So I get home, I hire this kid on Craigslist, and we're editing the film. And we get to the end, and I dropped in the Oliver's Castle footage to end the movie like, look, they're happening in seconds. <laughs> I really didn't understand it like I do now. So the kid and I, I, I said, my God, 77 minutes. That was easy. The movie's done. So I said, let's take a break, go out and walk you know, in the air, and then come back in and watch the film and see if it's done. So I said, turn off the gear, cool out down the system, and then we'll come back. So we shut everything off. We're walking out to the deck, and I looked over my shoulder, and there's this big blue orb on the monitor. And I said, oh, turn off the monitor, please. And we both looked, and I said, wait a minute, what's that blue orb? That's not even in the movie. And it was this huge, beautiful blue orb with all this organic stuff in it, obviously sacred geometry. It wasn't some fake thing. But the interesting piece was the kid walked up, and he looked at me, and he said, Daddy, the monitor's unplugged from the wall. Oh, geez, it was in your <laughs> studio. Well, the Whoa. hair went up on my arms, goosebumps head to toe, and I said, oh, my God, they're here. And this poor kid, 26 years old, barely knew me, saw me go into what happens to me in crop circles. I'm looking at the hair standing up on my arms. The field around me was completely And he said, you look weird. And I said, great, get the gear back on. <laughs> Poor kid, he's like, I thought we were taking a break. Hit the gear back on, please. So he lights it up, and telepathically, I got all this. And I said to him, reverse the footage at the end of the film. Why? I don't know. Do it, please. So he reversed the footage we're watching, and I said, slow it down. He said, how slow? I said, I don't know, 20, uh, 30%. And we looked at each other like, where did that number come from? I said, I don't know, but do it, please. So he did it. He reversed it, slowed it down 30%. And right there, in front of my eyes, I said, lock the frame. Oh, my God. And I found a binary code in Oliver's Castle footage that was directly between the two balls of light. What happened was those two split spinning vortices of plasma, when they got to the exact, shall we say, message frequency, they communicated with a momentary binary code. And the left one said, I'm going to do this. And the right one communicated, I'm going to do this in the code, and the field went down in seconds. Jeez. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.